Welcome in to another fantastic episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name is Rick McClatchy and my usual cohort, Mark Daniels, actually on a storm team in Mexico. So I felt it necessary to jump in here, but I didn't want to be here by myself because you know, I'm a social guy. I like to hang out with people. So I invited my good friend, Brian Holmes. Say hello, Brian. Hello, everybody. All right, Brian. So Brian is actually our youth pastor, Manor House Youth of our 217 campus over there in Tigard. And, and Brian, I just want to say what an honor and a privilege it's been, honestly, to just watch you grow in the anointing and the calling that God has placed on your life. And just to see you just wholeheartedly give your heart to what God has called you to. And just see the growth, the fruitfulness, the passion. I'm, I'm daily inspired and encouraged by what I see happening in your life. And selfishly i love the fact that on my campus i get to work with your parents yeah they're just i mean now i see where you get a lot of the pastoral gifting on your life most of it it most just of it. it just oozes out of them i mean they just <laughs> they don't even like have to work at it and they're just pastoring people it's ridiculous it's awesome so uh mad props out to uh, jeff and mary lou holmes and I, I, we should probably mention Ed, too, right? We should just, mention Ed, just my all, hero, my older brother. Come yeah. on, just a whole family that's just given their hearts. Yeah. And then, I mean, we could talk about your grandparents. Oh I mean, gosh. go on and on. Such a heritage. So really, it's just an honor, honestly, to have you uh, joining us for our podcast. And because you're a youth pastor, I'm going to ask you to speak specifically in regards to youth. And, and you know me, I'm a groups guy. So we're going to talk about youth in regards to groups and and you have some really great insight i just love you to share so um we've talked about um you and i have talked about you know off the microphone four different levels mm -hmm. of communication that happen in a small group so uh, we talked about surface study serve and suffering they all start with s so we'll probably get a little tongue-tied today you know <laughs> that's okay so just let's start off with the surface piece and then just walk me through what, is, what do those words mean and how does it apply to leading a small group? Absolutely. And Rick, it's, it's an honor to be here. I mean, I am who I am because of examples that have gone before me. And uh, Mark Daniels and yourself are two of those examples. And so absolute honor and privilege um, to be here. And the reason why I'm so passionate about groups is because that's really when I was um, discovering who I was, not just as a middle schooler or as a high schooler, but even the call of God in my life. What, what did that even mean? I mean, you're in middle school and high school and you have people saying phrases like, God has a call for you. And you're like, I don't know what that means. And it was from people like Nick King and David Snyder and Dylan Jones. And, you know, I could go down the list of guys that, you know, were instrumental along with my parents and my family and making me who I was. But when it comes to groups, um, you know, especially in youth ministry, I have such a great conversation with youth pastors, either in you know our ARC network or even our Manor House Church network that are like, man, how do we connect with this generation? Um, they're a digital generation. Um, they're a postmodern generation, which means the conversation about God and religion and, and even values isn't necessarily in the discussion in society. In the home, yes. But at school, where they spend a majority of their day, it's, it's not a part of it. And so when it comes to really connecting with um, this specific generation, a lot of times we get frustrated because we try to dive deep before we ever even scratch the surface. And that's why that first one surface is so important is because if you can't connect with a student on the surface level, on the most basic level of human interaction, it's difficult to get to that next one. 
So a surface level conversation is like, how was your day? You know, to most of us that have grown up in church, that's, that's a passive question. But to students in this generation, that's a huge question. Because that to them, that means, did you get in a fight with somebody at school? To them, that means, did someone um, make fun of you on Instagram? To them, that means, did you send someone an Instagram message trying to begin a relationship? I mean, the, the variety of things when you say, how was your day, is so different. But you just can't ask, did someone make fun of you at school? It has to start with that surface level to really ease yourself into even being a part of the conversation. Now, in some previous episodes, you know, you you might be an active listener. I, I am know, an active but, listener. Um, one of our previous episodes, <laughs> we actually talked about giving pastoral care and we talked about being aware and then mm. being attentive. So yeah. first you have to be aware for, you know, who in the room is, you know, looking at the floor, mm. lonely, you know, whatever. Just you, you could tell by looking at their face that they need something. And then once you're engaging with someone in conversation, being attentive, I think Brother Dick was so awesome when he was yeah. talking to you. You felt like the oh only person in the whole room. And Absolutely. I'm like, man, if I could aspire to that quality, that level of attentiveness. Um, and so I think as we're beginning that surface level conversation that we're, we're, we're aware of them, we're paying yeah. attention to them. So Absolutely. that our questions, maybe we even get beyond that surface of how is your day to... I, you know, I think leading with questions about, you know, hey, you know, what's your favorite Absolutely. subject at school? What's Absolutely. your, you know, what's your least favorite part of the day? Yeah. And oftentimes you can even use surface level objects. So for instance, with, with students talking about their clothing options, clothing is a huge representation of identity for this generation. And I used to get so frustrated because I would see students in outfits that did not make sense to me. And I thought they just didn't know how to dress. But then I started learning what a hype beast was and I started learning what it meant to be an influencer and what it meant to be an expressive person. And then I began to realize, wow, I can get into a picture of the person's life, what they're passionate about, um, what their favorite kind of music is, um, simply by asking, hey, where'd you get your shirt? Hey, that's an awesome pair of shoes. I haven't seen those. What are those? Hmm. Hey, you know, I, I love, what's that logo? And all of a sudden, what surface, literally what's on them, can begin to get you into a deeper level of conversation about who they are as a person. Huh. We're going to get ready to jump into the second word. But before we do, I think something that just occurred to me, uh, hopefully we won't go too long today, but <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in charge, so that's it's, hey, it's going to be rough. I'm a youth pastor. I always go long. One so thing fine. that I uh, appreciate about what you just said is sometimes when we're talking about the younger generation, there's almost this condescension mm -hmm. in our voices because yeah. they think differently than we do and that's wrong. You know, like, <laughs> um, that's not how you should be thinking because it's not how I think. Yeah. And and actually just deciding to, to push past that, that perception, that mindset and saying, hey, um, I might think your shoes are kind of weird, but like, wow, those are some interesting shoes. Tell, me, tell me about those shoes. Yeah. And, and we get to break past our perception of what that means and we get to actually hear from their heart what, they were, what they were trying to communicate by picking out those shoes. Absolutely. And I, I think that's such a good lesson for us to learn as we are ministering to the younger generation is to push aside our preconceived notions about what we may like or dislike about their generation totally, and just meet them as a person. Yeah, and my, my dad was a great example of that. Um, my, my dad, when, whenever we talked about different styles, both in music or you know, cultural taste when it comes to style, my dad always said, 
Um, every generation has their weird thing to the older generation. In his generation, it, it was music. There was a total shift in music, and that was weird. It was hair being long. Guys didn't have long hair, and then all of a sudden they did. And so accepting the reality of cultural changes but never changing biblical truths is very important. Asking someone about where they got their shoes and what that means to them isn't changing a biblical truth. So good. It's simply connecting with the person where they're at. All right. So, um, so, so we got to start with the surface. We got to find ways to engage with mm-hmm. them on the stuff that's readily available to us, what Absolutely. we can see. So help me understand, how, what does it mean to move from surface to study? What does that look like? You know, for, for me, Mackenzie and I, my wife, um, who's another one of my heroes and someone that's so great at, at just connecting and, and leading groups, we have a statement when it comes to like our mission statement for the, the West Side where we serve in, in the Tigard and greater West Side area, where we want to partner with parents to create contributing members of society that stay in the local church long term. That's like our vision statement. Now, in youth ministry, you don't always have a parent to partner with, but a lot of times the best way to learn how to study with a student, either if it's the word or growing their convictions and work ethic, is beginning with the parent. Um, One of the fastest ways for a youth pastor to have influence with the family is not by going to the student and saying, hey, what do you want to study in the Bible? It's first by going to the parent and say, hey, I see a calling upon your, your son or daughter. What are they doing at home? Like, what's one thing you could see them working on Mm. in their personal leadership development? Like, what? Okay, maybe they're a horrible listener. No problem. I might not be reading the Bible with the student. I'm simply going through maybe a leadership principle guide I found online about what listening does to better your opportunity in the business world. has nothing to do with them listening at home with their parent, but I know the value of listening begins in the home before it ever reaches into something greater in their life. So studying, to me begins with the parents. Wow, that's really cool. I, I like I like that idea of going to the parents and, and really engaging them in the process. I think that's obviously yeah. a way to win some some influence points with the parents and also build that trust relationship. Absolutely. It's so necessary because I know like us as a church, Manor House, we're we're not about having this youth ministry that's doing its own thing, you know, totally. we're, we're building the local church, which Absolutely. is multi-generational, multi-ethnic, the whole, the whole deal. And so we want to work with families really to build disciples, right? Yeah. So, and it sounds like what you're talking about is just helping kids grow, Yeah. you know, as people, but also as followers of Christ. Yeah. And a, a big piece too, for those that don't have parents in the church, which, um, you know, youth ministry tends to be one of the more evangelical areas where you can get students bringing their friends to youth, to church, is just to simply talk to that student about what they're passionate about, regardless if they believe in God or not. I'm a firm believer that biblical truths will make you a better person, even if you don't believe in Jesus. The foundation of those principles will make you better in business, they'll make you better in society, they'll make you a better leader. And so I don't need to go to a student and say, hey, if you believe in Jesus, practice these things. Every student wants to graduate high school and move on to something better. They don't want to always live in mom and dad's basement. So I use that as a motivation to say, hey, whether you believe in God or not, these biblical truths can help you advance. And I know over time, if they're consistent with those biblical truths, God will reveal himself to them through practicing what his Bible says. That's awesome because the word of God is living and active. Come on. Sharper than any two-edged sword, his word never returns void. Absolutely. when we're able to insert biblical principle and ideas into people's worlds, 
It's just one more way to draw them closer, give them one more opportunity to be impacted by the truth of the gospel. Yeah. So we talk about the surface, then we yeah. talk about study. So what does it look like to move from study to then serve our next word in the list there? This is easily, easily my favorite one. Um, Rick Warren, who, who I have learned a lot about groups from, said this. Um, he goes, uh, you are a group if you gather. You are a community if you serve. You can be a group and get together because the world has plenty of groups, plenty of groups. But he goes, if you're going to be a contributing member of the local church, you serve together. And so what I love to see is I, I think of two leaders on our campus um, at 217, hero leaders. I mean, the just incredible dream teamers. They're not on staff. They're college students just recently graduated. Hasi Monroy and Carly Solomon, both of them serve on a Wednesday night with their group or on a Sunday with their group. And I can, I can show you the depth of relationship between a group that serves together and a group that simply meets together. Now, the thing about these four layers is neither one of these is better than the other, but they all build upon each other. And just like how a basketball team has a metric of growth as a team, each individual player on that team has a metric of growth for that individual player. But the way that you go to that next level as a group and become a community for the local church is by serving together. And you can do anything. It could be cleaning dishes once small group is over. It could be um, like we have serve day coming up in July. Serving with your group um, at your neighbor's house just doing yard work. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. But when you partner together with your group to serve the cause of Christ by bettering the world, by serving one another, it's a whole other layer that you begin to dive deeper into a lot of times, especially in youth ministry, in order to go deep, you have to be tactile. You, you have to have your hands doing something, especially if you're with middle schoolers. And so when I have a group leader, hey, I can't connect with my group. I don't know what's going on. Um, we're starting to study the word, but I just can't get to that next layer. I'll tell them, find somewhere to serve on a Wednesday or a Sunday, and I bet you you go deeper with your group. So good. That is so good. Man, I just, um, there's, I mean, there's just so much there. Because sometimes I think we go surface and we go study and we kind of stall out. Yeah, because like, we think we've made it. We, yeah, yeah. and we think that, hey, we're getting together every week or every other week and we're connecting on how's your day, how's your week, how are things going. Totally. And occasionally they'll drop in, a, hey, pray for my mom or whatever. Yeah. And really, I think a lot of these principles really just go right across over into regular adult small groups in the church. Absolutely. Um, I think there's obviously always some specific challenges that we face. And maybe we'll even talk more about that on a future episode with you. Uh, We we just might invite you back. There's a first for everything. First, we'll have to assess whether you did a good job or not. But um, so so we've, we've talked about surface stuff and we've engaged in conversation. And then we've jumped into studying something together and we've made some progress there and seen some growth and discipleship. And we wanted to take it further because we recognized, you know, without going deeper, we've kind of stalled the group. So we, we, we jumped to the serve level. What's deeper than that? What, what takes the group to a whole nother level? And this is where, as a group leader, um, and I think this translates to adults or students, um, is knowing when to enter suffering with someone in your group. Um, suffering is by far the deepest layer that you can reach on any part of human interaction. If I open up to you, Rick, with something that's going on in my marriage, something that's going on um, in my ministry, I'm now inviting you 
to partner with me in my suffering. And that takes a lot of relationship. That takes a depth in order to get to. Um, the, the problem that I found, and I've done personally, this is a personal evaluation moment, is I expect to go from surface to suffering without building that bridge of trust. Hmm. And the thing about suffering is that suffering is not dependent upon what Brian deems as suffering. As a group leader, suffering is dependent upon the person coming to me with something they need assistance with. So you might come to me and you might say, hey, Brian, I got a, I got an a, a B instead of an A on a test. I don't get to determine if that's suffering because you're coming to me, you're emotional, there's frustration, there's, there's angst in you. Maybe that was a goal that you set for a long right. period of time. But as group leaders, we have to be so aware. I love what you said earlier. You have to be aware of body language, of, of, of even goals that that person has set in order to understand, is this person suffering? Because if they are, that's why the, the Bible says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. There has to be a partnership there. If you get to the level of suffering with someone, what you've done is you've gotten someone who can be in your group for life. And that's where I think the love of Christ, Absolutely. I think we, you know, one big part of why this podcast exists is because we're trying to build uh, more tools and just resource people with how to care. Absolutely. And, and really, I think that it's in moments of suffering that, that care really gets to be taken to the next level. Yeah. It's, it's the love of God in action from one person to another. I love it. It's us responding to the opportunities that God has given us to minister to someone. And the dynamic really is that, you know, we believe that we need to tell a lost and dying world that Jesus loves them and he died for their sins. And the Bible says that it's by your love for one another yeah. that they will know Absolutely. that you're my disciples. And Absolutely. so this this moment this this idea of connecting with our small group over the issues of suffering mm. and again, i love how you said about the different layers of suffering because we go we immediately go to like somebody died yeah, you know that totally. kind of suffering but but you you got the kid that their whole high school dream is to be the valedictorian absolutely and they bombed a test and now they're going to get a c in the class and yep. And that's going to disqualify them from their goal. That's a that's a moment of personal failure. Absolutely, that they have to wrestle with, and they don't want to do it alone. No, and 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 this is where my heart for youth ministry really began. Is when I was in high school, I had a couple moments in my life where um, I, I specifically remember the day, but I had made a pretty big mistake in my life. In comparison to other people, it was it was minor. Uh, but to me, it was the end of the world. And I, I texted Dylan Jones, um, who's one of my best friends and oversees all of Manor House youth here at Manor House. And I said, I need to meet with you. And we, we sat in his, um, in his Azuzu Rodeo in the Cha-Cha-Cha parking lot off Fremont for two hours on a Friday afternoon. He's married, um, his wife was pregnant, Kirsten was pregnant with her first kid, and we just talked. For two hours, he stopped everything and connected with me. To, to him, as we talk about it later, it, it, was, it wasn't that big of a deal in the grand scope of, yeah. of suffering. But to me, he got someone who I would do anything for Dylan and Kirsten for the rest of my life. Because I remember that moment. Um, and just to every group leader, and Rick, you can correct me if I'm wrong, 
But to every group leader, Mana House would want all of us to have that heart where we have the ability to stop everything in a moment and just care. It doesn't mean you have to have a solution. It doesn't mean that you have to have the fix. It doesn't mean that you have to wrap it all together with some biblical insight. It just simply means stop and listen and care with those that need it. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to correct you on that because, I mean, that's why we want more group leaders, why we want more groups, because we want people Mm. to have not just access, but regular connectivity to care. Like, it's not that you have special access, you call this guy and he's going to care for you. No, but you're just in relationships. So something starts to go wrong, there's somebody there and they're like, hey, what's up, Brian? How's it going? You know, Mm -hmm. like... So again, just to kind of recap what we were talking about, we talked about starting at the surface level with them, moving to an arena of study. We're growing together. We're learning something new together and how that begins to build a relationship a little deeper. And then I love how you talked about how really serving together really begins to even build more connectivity in the group yeah. and more purpose. Like, Absolutely. hey, and, and like group accomplishment. Like we did this together. Absolutely. And just the value that that brings. And then kind of that that deepest level of walking together through suffering. Um, I love how Second uh, Corinthians says that um, he is the source of yeah. all comfort. And so when we help others with comfort, we are an expression of the Father's heart to Come them. On. Ah, it's so powerful. Um, man, Brian, thank you so much for taking time to, to be with us today, to be a part of this podcast. Um, you know, just our heart in this podcast is to bring equipping and resource to the to the people that make up the local church, the dream team, that they would be equipped to love and care for people. Because again, that's how people know that yeah. we're his disciples. When we love and care for each other in, an, in a meaningful way. So again, Brian, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, and one, one parting shot. Here you go. One, one parting shot is I just want to say to anyone who's thinking about, interested in, or is a group leader... Um, first of all, I would say jump in. Um, you know, when it comes to our connect group leader orientation that we have, jump in and just learn what it means to be a group leader um, because it is the lifeblood of what we do at Mana House. But then the second one is if you are a group leader, you're listening to this podcast um, and you feel like, man, I don't know if I'm there, I just want to encourage you give yourself some time. Let this be something that develops. Let this be something that you grow into. None of us are perfect, but all of us are journeying to be more like Jesus. So um, it was an honor to be here, Rick. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, I love this podcast. Mackenzie and I subscribed Whoa. to it, gave it a five-star Whoa. rating. So yeah, you can subscribe <laughs> and you can rate this podcast. Uh, we are up in the, uh, the Apple uh, podcast store, and we are also in the Google Play. Wow. Uh, store as well so you can get podcasts either way whether you are apple or android we are no discriminator and so (laughs) because i have an android and uh brian tries not to judge me for it so again um if we'd love to hear your feedback comments questions even those snide remarks (laughs) you can hit me up at rick m at manahouse.church and mark daniels would love to get your information while he is in mexico mark d m a r k d at manahouse.church with that may the lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you be gracious to you and give you peace have a wonderful day